We all are living a story. Our businesses are all embodying a story as business continues from where it started to where it is now to where you want to see it going. Hello, I just described like your business beginning where it is now where you see want to see it going. That's I just described a change, a character arc. My guest today is a 20-year veteran television editor based in Hollywood, Los Angeles. And in today's episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, we're going to explore how to tell better stories in your video marketing. Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Amos, and I'm here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Ernest Hemingway once wrote, what possibly is the world's shortest story? And it was simply six words. He wrote, for sale, baby shoes, never worn. You see, the power of storytelling to move people to think differently, to consider new ideas, and to move to take some sort of action simply can't be ignored. And the good news is we don't in business need to be Ernest Hemingway. But what we do need to do is to understand some simple story frameworks and an approach to storytelling that we can implement within our own business communication, marketing, and particularly video marketing, and that's exactly what we're going to explore in the podcast today. My guest today is Jeff Barch. Jeff is an author, teacher, and television editor based in Los Angeles. He built his career editing television for clients including ABC, NBC, Universal, Disney, ESPN, and many others. He's the author of Edit Better, Hollywood-tested strategies for powerful video editing. And his commentary has been featured in USA Today, Time Magazine, and the Associated Press and multiple textbooks. He's also the founder of Story Greenlight. It's an online community that helps YouTubers and human-centered brands create their best content so that they can connect with their audience and make their mark in the world. Now, in this interview with Jeff today, we go in all sorts of interesting places to help you be better storytellers in your video marketing. In particular, we explore things such as how Jeff's work editing shows like American Ninja Warrior can help us tell better stories in our video marketing. And we unpack a couple of story frameworks that go back centuries in some cases. And we take some time to really unpack how these frameworks can be applied to modern business storytelling today. Because I know for many people who are maybe aware of the power of storytelling, it's something that we still struggle with in the world of video. So grab a notebook, grab your pen. You're going to want to take some notes during this episode. And let's get into my interview with Jeff Barch from Story Greenlight. Hey, Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Glad to be here, mate. Good to see you. Yeah, it's good to see you and hear you too. Um, so 
we've we've actually met and had some conversations before this conversation, and I'm really excited to bring you on today because you're you have a really unique um, and I guess. Uh, valuable professional understanding of the power of storytelling in the world of Hollywood. So I think this is going to be a really valuable conversation for our listeners today and to help them be better storytellers in in business as well. So before we get into that though, Jeff, I'd love for you to take an opportunity to introduce yourself and, um, and what you do in the world of storytelling. Sure. Well, I started out well, I mean, I, I've been a communicator in one form or another my whole life. I mean, I've actually I started playing piano when I was four. I got into music arranging and composing and recording when in junior high. I got into video production in high school. I went into radio in college and eventually transferred out to film school in Los Angeles. And uh, I ran out of money and had to scramble to keep the rent paid. So I ended up getting my initial jobs in the entertainment industry. And I ended up through a contact at my film school uh, to an internship that gave me my first job as an assistant editor. And so I've spent the last 20 years in Hollywood working as a broadcast television editor for pretty much everyone out here in terms of major television networks and cable channels and all that sort of a thing. And um, so that's the background of my of my career. And, uh, since then I've, I've realized that I love, I love teaching and I love helping people get where they want to go. And so I've decided to, um, well, I kind of tell people that I've, I've stopped seeking success for myself in Hollywood and I want to find other people. I want to help other people find a piece of Hollywood in themselves. And so it's, uh, that, you know, that's kind of the core of what I'm doing. Um, uh, I started, you know, I've, I've done group coaching and that kind of thing with young editors and assistant editors over the years. And now I have a YouTube channel and a community built around that called Story Greenlight that helps creators bring their best content into the world so they can connect with their audience and make their mark in the world. So that's what's going on. And uh, I'm excited to I'm excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So before we get into it, Jeff, I'm interested, what a, can you name drop some shows that, that you've, you've edited that our listeners may have heard of? Sure. Well, it depends on, uh, yeah, uh, the bulk of the shows that most television editors have edited, no one's ever actually heard of, right. but <laughs> probably but not here uh, in Australia as well. Right. <laughs> well, it, th that may be. Um, although, there was a show that's uh, there's a show called Super Nanny where a British nanny came over and helped American families uh, whip their kids into shape, and so I know that that's had a, a pretty fair amount of international exposure. Yeah, I've seen um, it. Okay, yeah. so I cut the first season of that show, and random uh, random factoid: I actually ended up being the narrator for the, for all of the, for all the cold opens and the teases, basically anytime it says coming up on super nanny, Joe meets with Ben Amos on the engage marketing podcast. And what will they talk about when super nanny returns, you know, that kind of stuff. And so go. that was done, uh, did a bunch of stuff on that. Uh, there's a, there's a show called America's next top model that ran for a long, long time with Tyra Banks, supermodel Tyra Banks. Yeah. There's a show that's uh, Dwayne the rock Johnson, recently started called the Titan games. And, uh, that's kind of just imagine everyday athletes competing head to head with crazy feats of physical strength. 
so that's just about to go into its second season. So I cut the first season of that and uh, we'll be cutting the second season coming up this year. And then uh, my anchor gig that I'm most regularly am working on is a show called American Ninja Warrior. And that airs in the States on NBC. And it's been, it's, it's an incredible show. It's uh, basically, you know, just, just maybe to just give, give a taste of what we might be talking about down the road here. When you look at a show like American Ninja Warrior, on the surface of it, it's about these athletes making their way through an obstacle course that is this crazy, ridiculously difficult yeah. obstacle course. Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have attempted it and only three people, only three Americans have completed the course in regular competition in all of its 12, uh, in all of its 11 seasons so far. It's incredibly difficult. So that's what's on the surface. But if you actually think about it more, you realize that this entire television show becomes a metaphor for life. When you look at the obstacles that we all face in our lives, what happens when we run into setbacks? What happens when we fall? Do we get up? How do we get up? All that kind of a thing. And so it becomes about much more than just an obstacle course. And it's it, and, and that's why it has some incredibly emotionally compelling emo, uh, elements to it. And uh, as we get into our conversation, I'd like to offer that they you know that something that we can actually, as video uh, as video marketers and business owners, we can absolutely put that kind of meaning and compelling emotional elements into our pieces where they didn't exist before. Yeah, I love that. And we'll definitely take the conversation in that direction. Before we do, though, the inquisitive video producer in me is interested to unpack this a bit further because for a, for a show like American Ninja Warrior as an editor, are you effectively mm -hmm. just getting all these, these rushes, this raw footage, um, and trying to piece a story together? Or is there much more story kind of defined during the filming process um, and then you're kind of given a story that you need to pull out. How does it work for you? It is definitely a balance. Um, the, if you look at the show, you'll notice that there are two primary sections of content. One is the act, what we call the runs where the athletes are actually on the obstacle course and they're progressing from the beginning to however far they get. So those are the, those are the runs. And then there, there are the, athlete biographical pieces, the story pieces. And so those are the pieces that I get to work on. And I love, yeah. absolutely love telling all those stories because you get to tell these, they're usually about a minute and a half, about 90 seconds. And, but you have such a diversity in people and the stories that you get to tell. So big picture of the show, you have the context set. You have between, yeah, d d depending on, depending how ambitious you're getting with your, your, your locked off point of view cameras, uh, you have between 18 and 30 cameras that you can select from for a run. If you're cutting a run and then the athlete, the athlete bio pieces, they typically, uh, the athletes send in their own content 
which might be stuff of them shot on their own cell phone or whatever. And then this more likely it's the selected athletes that we want to profile. We send a crew out to them and they shoot it single camera or two camera film style. So when I get that stuff back, it is, um, it's, it's very much, there is, there is a story there. There's, there's a story concept that's already been established through the casting and the producing and then through the shooting, then it's up to me as the editor to shape those elements, put it all together and make the audience feel something. Yeah. Awesome. You know, I believe in business um, and using video for various forms of communication for the purpose of business. There's a bit of both at play as well in that there's times when a story can be manufactured and crafted and planned but there's also times when a story just needs to be found right through Mm -hmm. whether it be through content that you've already got when you're talking video or whether it be you know more event-based stuff for example where you don't really know what the story is when you're going into that Um, so I think that's an interesting segue into where I want to take this conversation today which is around the power of story in business communication and marketing. And, and what do you say to that, Jeff? Why is story and storytelling so important for businesses to understand? Well, first of all, I think there are a lot of people, I, I, I hear chatter in certain communities where it's like, oh, why, is, why are people talking about story? As, oh, a story seems like this buzzword yeah. that seems to have popped up over the last, over the last years or so. And frankly, my, my personal opinion on why story is becoming more on the forefront of these discussions is because when you're creating online, online content, or when you're trying to market your business, you have an, in like an exponentially larger amount of noise that you have to cut through. And entities like Google and Facebook and Instagram have algorithms that are getting incredibly sophisticated. So you can't just drop it in a few keywords and some tags and say, oh, well, this is about this. So these tags are gonna get loads and loads and loads of views. It might work, but if people aren't going to keep watching the piece when they started, you know, the algorithm's like, the algorithm says, oh, well, this isn't as important anymore. So the question is, how do you connect with your audience? And that's why story is such an incredibly big deal because story is a fundamental way of one human being connecting with other human beings. Yep. This is not just about video. This is not just about video. This is not about blogging or writing or movies or TV or any of that stuff. This is human connection. So as the, you know, as, as, as a business owner or, as a business owner who's saying, how can I cut through the noise? How can I set my product or service apart? The idea of genuinely connecting with your audience becomes a huge differentiation factor. Yeah. I think what's really interesting about what you've said there is this, yeah, I mean, okay, storytelling could be seen as a bit of a buzzword over the last number of years, but clearly, as you've mentioned there, that's because potentially that's what's been lacking in so much content that's been that's been thrown up online over the last 10 15 years you know so as 
the digital space has become noisier, the importance to cut through and connect on that human level becomes so much more important. And that is absolutely where story shines. Um, so I love that you pointed, pointed that out. That, well, absolutely. 100%. And even beyond that, you know, people talk about in marketing the, the need to know, like, and trust. And the more people know you and like you and trust you, the more likely they are to do business with you. And that's why, you know, that's telling a story that connects, that connects one human from a company or a brand with another human who is a, who is a consumer or another business, you know, you can, this can go B2B or B2C. Either way, you're talking humans connecting with humans. And so uh, storytelling becomes a huge way to increase the possibility of your prospects knowing, liking and trusting you and buying from you. Yeah, hundred percent. So, as an accomplished storyteller through through the craft of editing and and filmmaking, there are certain frameworks, right? I, I know that you would understand and and utilize these really age old frameworks for telling a more effective story in order to move people to take some sort of action, which is ultimately what we want to do in business. But I think where I see so many in business struggle with the idea and the concept of storytelling is is thinking of it more like a traditional story, like the idea of once upon a time and then this happened and then this happened. And in business sometimes that doesn't seem to directly make sense. So what? how can you help a business owner listening to understand how those age-old frameworks of storytelling can apply in a business context? Sure. Well, I mean, everyone, everyone likes to talk about the three act structure. And, you know, if you're talking about a movie or a play or a TV show um, or a novel and, you know, the, the three act structure is a classic, it's a classic framework that has, (laughs) confounded <laughs> thousands upon thousands of people who try to put it to use because this framework gets super complex and just all these intricate details and all these people, all these things have to work together. But, um, but, but the good news is when you're telling a story, you can actually tell a compelling story based on boiling down that super complex framework of that three act structure, you can make it something super simple that anyone that anyone can understand and implement and, and do so in a way that encourages the audience to take action. So for instance, um, I always want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, there's a gentleman by the name of Donald Miller who has a company called StoryBrand, and he's also an accomplished author in his own right. Uh, he talks about in one of his books, uh, a book called in a, a Million Miles in a Thousand Years, How I Learned to, to Live a Better Life. He talks about how a story is where a character wants something and overcomes obstacles to get it. And I saw that. And uh, I, you know, over since I, in, since I first heard that, I started thinking about, okay, th- there's something missing because really the most important part of any story, when you think about it, it just when, when you want to get like super high level or even just super, super practical, it's about 
transformation. It's about change. Yeah. The character starts off at point A and the character ends up in point B, either in a physically different space or an emotionally or intellectually different space. Um, as a prospect of a company, you start off, you don't know anything about this company, then you do know something about this company, or you, you've never heard of this company before, then you end up becoming a loyal customer or a client of this company. And so when you take, you know, so, so that's really the core right there. So what I've done is add an element to that to say a story is where a character wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it, and experiences transformation as a result. Yeah. And so that framework right there. That's your three acts, that, right? That is your three acts, and it can expand to whatever length that you want it to do, and it can contract down to the smallest, down to the smallest, uh, most personal, humble story that you want to do, telling like just us telling a story to a friend or something like that. Yeah, or and like if a, I had to, a, a well-written tweet, you know, effectively, you it, could, yeah, exactly, and. And that, and so, so again, that idea is boiling down to the idea of change, show change. So when you apply this idea to business, uh, there's another framework that a, lot, that a lot of people like to talk about, something called the hero's journey. And uh, the hero's journey was made popular by the author Joseph Campbell in the mid 20th century. and in a nutshell, it talks about how the hero experiences what we call an inciting incident. Something kicks them in the teeth, kicks them in the, you know, kicks them in the rear end, and it pushes the hero past the point of no return. And this hero is sent around on this journey where there are obstacles and there is struggle. And then there's a guide who comes along the way and helps the hero. And the hero has to come to the point where they're almost ready to give up. And they've tried everything else. And then they finally realize that, okay, this is the way it's got to be. I have to step up and become the hero. They do. And the outcome it builds and builds and it builds, it builds and builds and you come to the climax and then there's the outcome. And that's basically the end of the circle. Yeah. Now, what a lot of people like to do is compare, they, they like to put themselves or they like to put their company in the role of the hero of the Luke Skywalker in the Star Wars film. But the number one thing that business owners must do is realize that your company is not Luke Skywalker. Your company is not the hero. Your customer is the hero. Yeah. And so when you think about this hero's journey, and if, again, referencing Star Wars, uh, your company is not Luke Skywalker joining the joining the alliance and flying and flying along and crashing his airplane crashing his crashing his fighter into the swamp and then eventually blowing up the death star your company is yoda helping luke get where he wants to be yeah so that's you know so though conceptually the idea of what a story is it's something that that framework is something that can be expanded out as far in either direction as you want to go. It condenses to the idea of showing change. And 
when you put that together with the idea of the hero's journey, who is this story really about? It is not about your business. It is about your client, your prospect, and you are the guide helping them along the way. Those are two main frameworks to get started. Yeah, I'm so glad that you you emphasized and pointed out that that you are not the hero of your brand story, that your your customer or your client is because that's ultimately what your business does is it helps your clients or your customers achieve a better life, a better result. Yeah. Um, so you are the guide that helps them do that. And using that that movie analogy of Star Wars there, another thing that Donald Miller of StoryBrand talks about all the time is, is the guide is actually, or the mentor, is actually the most powerful character because the heroes is typically very weak, you know, particularly mm -hmm. throughout the journey of, of overcoming obstacles and, you know, realizing they need to step up and become the hero. The guide is the position of power, um, which as a business, that's what where you want to position yourself is we can help you. We know the answers, 100%. right? Um, so I think that's, you know, really, really cool to understand when you are thinking about storytelling in business to have that at the back of your mind of, of who those key characters are, the, the guide and the mentor and the, and the hero, right? But I think businesses still struggle with this, right? So they, mm -hmm. the theory makes sense. I think, I think we understand that. But when it comes to a specific, like let's say using video marketing as an example here, when it comes to creating a video that communicates a brand's story, for example, does that mean the only videos we should be creating are, um, you know, telling stories of, of clients using our product and succeeding in their life? I mean, that's obviously one. But mm -hmm. can we apply that story structural framework to telling the brand's story, the business's story, or, you know, how the, how the business got started and, and those, sorts of, um, those sorts of stories as well? hundred percent. I mean, and that's one of the things, one of the classic story, one of the classic story elements is the origin story. Why, why is this here? Who is this person and why are they the way they are? You know, why are we who we are? And that means that our, like everything that has come in our past as human beings and as businesses and brands, all of that affects who we are right now. And if you're <laughs> basically, if you're in business, you have and are continuing to encounter obstacles. You have con you have conflict because business doesn't business doesn't happen without some level of conflict. And so that's, you know, if for any business who is wanting to know, it's like, okay, well, how can, you know, how can I actually tell stories? It's like, well, Again, it's going back to the idea of showing change. So if we say, okay, here's a customer, they used our product or service. Before they had this problem, this, they, and, and the, the, the customer wanted this desired outcome, but there was something in the way keeping them from getting it. Inject our product or service. It's amazing. It's, it, it changed everything. And now, Life is amazing and there are butterflies and unicorns everywhere. Everything is good, you know? I mean, speaking a bit broadly, but that's, you know, that's the typical format for any testimonial for a prospect or from, from, from a happy client. And so that's 
something that can always that's, that can always be put into place, as you said, then you always have your company's origin story. Why did the company start up to begin with? What were some difficulties that have been happening along the way? And what was it about you or your company that said, we're going to work to overcome this? And if you do it right, you end up talking about what you and your company believe and the things that make your company different. And that's something about, you know, and, and that becomes one of the ways that you overcome these obstacles as you've developed and built your company. And that means that the people who resonate with your values that you've been talking about and the things that you care about so much that you waited through all that garbage to get through, they say, oh, okay, I believe in that too. Okay, this means I connect with this brand and I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm listening, tell me more. And that's the power of the origin story because you get your prospects to learn more about what you care about. And maybe and probably if it's, if they stick around, it's something that they care about too. I think with the origin story as well, and I've come across this so many times in working um, on telling brand stories for, for clients that we've worked with, it becomes particularly difficult to understand and position the story in a way that doesn't make your brand the hero when you're telling your own origin story, right? So how, how mm. would you say that people can um, reconcile that, that idea of, I want to be able to tell our story, you know, our trials and tribulations as, as we've grown this company to position where we are today. But I also want to recognize that we're not supposed to be the heroes of that story. So how do, how do we work that out? Well, that, I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say that there's a quick and easy answer to that other than the, other than the need to say, okay, well, what do I want? You know, if I'm telling my origin story of my company, for example, I have to, you know, I'm the character saying, well, I'm, no, I'm not the character. <laughs> I should start out by saying, who is my prospect and what do they want? Yeah. And so you can say, at the beginning of our company, we kept hearing people talking about, we have this problem, we have that problem. And we thought, well, someone should do something about that. And as we went on, we ran into all these obstacles. And now we are incredibly, we're, we, we're incredibly proud and honored by the fact that we are able to help so many more people like example XYZ accomplish this through our product and services. You are, you're telling your origin story, but you're saying it's all within the overarching context of helping people get what they want. Yeah. I think it really depends on what the actual origin story is as to who which character plays the guide and which character is the hero because depending on the origin story sometimes it is the founders of the company in that origin story who are effectively the hero through that story recognizing that where that makes sense is when that journey that that founder of that company has gone on the the customer the ideal audience you're reaching with that they need to relate to that person and that story so they need to see themselves in that so that they can get behind the mission and values of the company because it's like it's like it's like 
they're me, you know, that's, that's what you want to be communicating, that relatability to that hero character. And in that case, I would imagine there would be some kind of guide or mentor that allowed your company to get to the place where it is today, which yeah. can, which can, I think you'd agree here, Jeff, it might not be a physical person who's that guide or mentor, but maybe it was a, a big idea that someone latched onto or a new mm-hmm. way of thinking. And that became the guiding light that took the company and the hero founder of that company on the direction towards the success of that. So that's still taking that same story structure, right? Um, Absolutely. But you're just 100%. manipulating the characters in a, in a different way. It, does that make sense to you? Did I break that down right? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and that's, and, and as you've just seen, I mean, we've just, we've just proposed alternate versions of a company's origin story that both make that both make total sense from a story standpoint yeah. and also from an outcome of the, the audience ends up identifying either with the hero, like the founding hero of the company or with the brand as a whole. And so, I mean, it's, it is possible to do it either way and to have it work. The, the challenge that, well, but the main thing to keep in mind is that there always, always has to be conflict. There always has to be something in the way of us being where we want to be because overcoming those problems, those challenges, that's what makes any story compelling. And in business, we fit that that's what business is. We help people fix problems. That's what business is. And so that's why that, that parallel between the process of what business is, there is a problem. We have a product or service that helps you fix this. And now your problem is solved. That has a direct parallel with the core function of any story. And so when you lay those on top of each other, that's why storytelling becomes so incredibly powerful because it's all the same thing. Yeah, 100%. And without conflict, a story, well, it's not a story, without conflict, a message or a video is is just meh. You know, it's like boring. It doesn't engage an audience. They don't care, right? Yeah. And I think that's the number one mistake that I see people make, even when they're attempting to tell stories, is without an understanding of what the conflict is here. You know, what is the, um, the barrier that someone's trying to overcome without getting clear on that conflict, then the story is just forgettable, right? Well, and, and here's, here's something where I want to, I want to add an extra element to this because um, a lot of times people will say, well, People, you know, my prospects want to, they want, they have a problem. They want to find the answer and they just want to cut to the chase. Let's get this done. Give me the answer. Don't tell me an hour long story about how you feel about how you feel my pain and how you want to help me. And just like, no, just give me the answer. It's kind of like uh, my wife and I, uh, my wife and I enjoy, you know, experimenting, experimenting with cocktails at home. And so she goes to Pinterest and looks for cocktail recipes. And I can't tell you how many times my, uh, my wife looks at me and she's just like, would you just give me the freaking recipe, please (laughs) just give me the recipe. And so I would say there are times as businesses where we just need to give our prospects, we just need to give them the recipe. 
And the reason that that is okay, without telling a crazy and complex story, is because that story structure is still in place, but it takes on a different form. Because imagine that story of a character who wants something, overcomes obstacles to get it, and experiences transformation as a result. It doesn't actually happen in your video. It happens in your prospect's head. It happens in their mind. So the story that's taking place is your prospect doesn't know how to do something or wants to get the answer for something. And there is a sea of limitless information out there. They don't know where to go and who to listen to. And so that is the character who wants something. The sea of limitless information becomes the obstacle standing in their way. And you, as your company and the guide, steps in, as, as you and your company steps in as the guide and says, here is the answer that you've been looking for. And your prospect says, thank you so much. That's exactly what I was looking for. My problem is solved. And so that can take place in a very brief very factually based, non-emotional piece of content even. So it is possible to have just the facts, ma'am, just cut to the chase, just give the info, and it is possible for that to be effective. Now, if that's the only thing that your, that your company ever does in terms of content, you run the risk of your company creating content that is purely transactional and has a very low relational value. People don't know. I mean, like I've done this all the time where I go to Google or I go to YouTube and I type in how did, you know, I, I, I use the, the software Premiere Pro, Adobe Premiere Pro to edit the stuff that I do on YouTube. And so when I get stuck doing a certain thing in, in Adobe Premiere, I go to Google and I type in how to do X on, on Premiere and they pop up recommended suggestions. And usually they're super short, like 15 second videos. And I click on them and I say, okay, here's the answer. Thank you very much. And I'm gone. I have no idea who made that video. And I'm certainly not, you know, there's certainly no relationship going on. So there is absolutely a place for transactional content that yeah. just gives people what they want. If that's all we ever do, um, it's going to be very difficult to nurture an ongoing relationship. I love this distinction that you've drawn here, Jeff, because it it's really all about understanding that this story structure applies to individual pieces of communication when the the type of communication is a story, um, but it also applies to, to business. You know, business is, and all human relationship is basically stories taking place, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I love the way that you've broken that down because I often talk about using video across the customer journey. So at the top of that customer journey, when someone is, they're kind of, they're cold effectively, they're a cold mm -hmm. audience that's when you need to make the right emotional connections with someone. This is where storytelling can be really important. When someone's at the, the purchase end of that journey, so when they're ready to actually just make a transaction, whether that transaction be financial, monetary, buying something or not, that's when they just want the answers. They want the rational stuff. So in mm -hmm. your example of cocktail recipes, you're already at the bottom of that 
or that final stages of that customer journey. You just want to know how to make the damn cocktail. <laughs> so you, you don't want a story yes. now. You want that rational, you want the facts, right? However, mm-hmm. if you were, for example, um, you know, thinking about, you know, if you were sick of your, your job as a, as a barista in a cafe and you wanted to learn how to become a, you know, top-notch cocktail um whatever they are, cocktail maker in a bar, um, you would probably be more engaged with a story about someone else who has taken that journey to become a world-leading cocktail shake-up dude. That was a random example. But you know what I mean? Like because you're you're not at the transactional end of your journey. So I really love that that distinction that you've you've drawn there. Is there anything Mm -hmm. more you want to add to that? I really like how you laid the, uh, the customer journey on top of that. Because that is, I mean, within any relationship, you have to know where you stand. And, you know, and sometimes that comes through asking questions. Sometimes that comes by giving a longer explanation that gives more more like emotional context. And sometimes it's just, no, here's the straight up answer. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's important for our listeners to understand as well is that, Story as a form of communication is so powerful, but when it comes to a video marketing strategy, not all of your videos need to tell stories. You know, as Correct. we've as we've unpacked here, there is a place for your rational content or your, um, you know, your more fact driven content as well. Okay, but mm-hmm. understanding the power of storytelling and how to manipulate stories for the purpose of business is is such a critical part to good communication. And, and Jeff, you've shared so much valuable kind of understanding from your perspective as an editor today to help us do better stories. But before I let you go, I'm just in, I guess, in wrapping up here, what, what would you say is the biggest mistake that most people are making when it comes to, to storytelling for the purpose of of video in business, whether that be YouTube creators that you've worked with, you know, who are trying to tell better stories, where do people fall down? Uh, I think a lot of people fall down by doubting themselves and not telling their stories to begin with, because, you know, when you turn on the television, when you walk into the movie theater and see these are incredible, compelling stories, And the voices in your head say, how on earth could I ever compete with anything like that? Um, We shoot ourselves in the foot and we don't even try. Yeah. And the fact of the matter is, as human beings, we are telling stories. We are engaging with other human beings. We are engaging in the process of persuasion. Hello, sales and marketing. We're doing that. My four-year-old son is engaged in sales and marketing every night where he says, Dad, today's a special night. Can I sleep on the couch? Instead of sleeping upstairs in his bedroom, you know? So, I mean, to people, for instance, a, a lot of people might say, I don't feel like I have anything compelling to tell. I don't feel like I have any crazy, any crazy epic stories to tell. Well, number one, just know that almost everyone feels that way. So number one, you're normal. And number two, we all are living a story. Our businesses are all embodying a story as business 
continues from where it started to where it is now to where you want to see it going. Hello, I just described like your business beginning where it is now where you see want to see it going. That's I just described a change, a character arc in your business. I mean, you can talk about that. There is always something to tell for a story. So in terms of what people uh, what people do as a mistake, um, number one, I'd say that they don't give themselves the permission to tell their stories and to be human beings and be relatable in the first place. And then number two, uh, I'd say the number one way that people fall afoul of storytelling is they, uh, they keep it running too long. I can't tell you how many times even after 20 years, uh, a career of 20 years of editing here in Hollywood, I'm still blown away by, I put together a piece that I think is perfectly fine the way it is. And the executives come to me and say, great, our show is five minutes over with our running time. We got to pick 30% of that piece that you just cut because we got it. We got to save, we got to get the show down to time. How many times the piece ends up better and clearer and more succinct because it was forced to be shorter? And so um, I would say to people who are telling stories and creating video content, do not feel like you have to have this big, long thing. Whenever in doubt, keep things shorter. And uh, I think you'll be surprised at the outcome. Yeah. Yeah, often the the real power in storytelling is what goes unsaid and what what your story allows, uh, what thoughts your story allows your audience to invoke in their own heads. Right? Mm-hmm. It's it it's the idea of show don't tell, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And you want to get people to come to their own conclusions because then they own that transformation within themselves more. Right. If they've come up with it, if you if you've just told them in in your video what you want them to think, they're not going to necessarily adopt that thought. But if you help them come to a realization, a new way of thinking themselves, then they're going to own that. Right. hundred percent. And that could actually go down a whole other rabbit hole of the difference between television and film and specifically the world of unscripted television versus, you know, artistic cinematic screenplay kind of things because there is there is a continuum of what people will do in terms of explain everything versus explain nothing Mm. and either extreme can end up uh can end up frustrating and ineffective but there's obviously a balance to be struck between those two yeah absolutely i think we could talk about this for hours jeff but we won't (laughs) because like you said (laughs) sometimes the stories that are too long aren't going to engage people. And that's equally true with podcasts. So Jeff, this has been, this has been fun. Um, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. We've gone in all sorts of places, which I feel is valuable for our listeners and I'd love for everybody who's listening to let us know what, what they think, um, reach out to reach out to us and, and let us know. So Jeff, how can people reach out to you and what's the best place for people to find out more about what you've got going on? Uh, the place to go is storygreenlight.com. And that is, that's the name of the community that I'm building online and uh, talk about all sorts of things in terms of storytelling and communication and creativity and content, how, how to get your content out in the world. So storygreenlight.com is the place to go. 
Fantastic. And we'll have all the links, uh, including the link to storygreenlight.com in the show notes page for this episode at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 118. Jeff, thanks again for joining us. Um, let's, let's get you back on again soon. 100%, man. Love this. Cool. Take care. Thanks. Hey, thanks again to Jeff Barch for joining me on the show today. As I mentioned, the links are over at the show notes page at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 118. And if you've enjoyed this show, I'd really appreciate a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice. These ratings, these reviews, they help me reach more people and they also help me to understand what it is that you, the listener of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, want to hear more of. Reach out to me anytime, podcast at engagevideomarketing.com and let me know, who should I get on the show next? What do you want to learn more about? How can I help you be a better, more strategic video marketer in your business? Thanks again for joining me for this show today. And until next week, I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, here to help you engage your ideal audience to action through effective online video strategy. Bye for now. Did you know that your email list can often become the most valuable asset to your business? If you've been building your business for any time at all and haven't yet built an email list, then now's the time to get started. Or maybe you've got an email list but struggle to make the most of it. I want to introduce you to my email list provider and I know you're going to love them too. ConvertKit is the email provider built by creators for creators. The team at ConvertKit have been in our shoes and they know what it takes to grow a successful business. And your email list is the tool that will get you there. The best thing is that ConvertKit is seriously easy to use, powerful, but intuitive. Personally, I've tried a handful of email service providers over the years, Aweber, MailChimp, Infusionsoft, but since switching to ConvertKit over 12 months ago, I seriously have not looked back. And as an engaged video marketing podcast listener, I've arranged for you to get your first 30 days of ConvertKit absolutely free. Normally, you only get 14 days if you sign up direct through their website. So to give it a try for 30 days, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash ConvertKit. Now, this is my affiliate link. So if you do become a ConvertKit customer, then you'll be supporting this show and investing in your business through clever email marketing at the same time. So it's a win-win. The link again, engagevideomarketing.com slash convertkit.